1: Our NHL retro reverse jersey bracket. It's the Florida Panthers versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their retro reverse jerseys this year. Obviously, it's Florida. End of discussion. I think even Pittsburgh Penguins fans would say the Florida Panthers jersey is nicer. If it comes Florida versus L.A. in the final, I'll be in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> I won't know what to do with myself.
2: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. And... uh we're coming in hot, everybody, on a Thursday. Welcome to your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show, live on Game Plus Television, YouTube, and WQEE Radio. Let's bring in the co host, Darren Moose DuPont. I can guarantee you, Moose, who is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, that this is going to be a hot, hot show. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. It's brought a lot of my favorite things together hockey, USA, Canada, sh- bingo, uh, emotion, right? <laughs> We're gonna, I should have probably put a referee jersey on today rather than this Team Canada pullover that I'm wearing because. It is the gold medal day of the World Junior Hockey Championship. Go Canada, go. And that's going to be a lot of what we're talking about with our guest today, Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff, formerly The Hockey News, and Andrew Walker, uh, famed Canadian sports talk host, now host of The Hedge Podcast. So we got a lot to get to. I I anticipate people are going to get very testy today, uh, Darren. That's what I hope. You and I won't, but I'm feeling some mo, some momentum here as we work towards the gold medal game tonight.
3: I'm feeling it too, man. I'm feeling it too. It's uh, good to see you this morning. And before we just get on with the show, there's something I want to bring up from yesterday. I know the Panthers lost the great upset in the Jersey poll to Pittsburgh. But, Clark, if you've got the photo, I did some digging for you yesterday, Rod, and look what I found Yeah. on NHLShop.com. Clark's got the photo. Oh, he needs a second. Check this out. You can go to NHLshop.com. NHL we found the golf shirt. Uh, there you go,
1: <laughs> dude. I just came up with that off the top of my head, and that's exactly what I want. Is that dry fit? And here we
4: are. Christmas I don't know. is
1: behind us. I know, mm, but it's there, how about that? And, and it's not two hundred eighty-five dollars. Yeah, well. Hey, thanks for doing that. Well, that's a lot of hockey talk in Canada, USA. And just before we get in, can you hit the quick six show horn, uh, Jordan? And then we will, we'll get down to business. Listen, we after the show yesterday, my buddy Chris Sanford, who's originally from the Bronx, and then he moved to Albany, and now he's down here in South Florida. He texted me and he said, Rod, chicken sandwich on Canada, USA tonight. I said, you're on. And then, Canada 162, which we're going to get to over the United States, I texted him last night and I said, I'll pay for the chicken because the USA got screwed. And he came into the gym this morning. I was already on the treadmill, and he's waving his finger at me. He goes, you never told me about Conor, at odd. And I'm like, well, I've only been talking about him for the last two years uh so it was a hell of a hockey game and let's number one canada defeated the usa 6-2 to advance to the world junior gold medal game joshua Roa led the way with two goals and two helpers but it was adam Fantilli's second period goal that proved to be the go-ahead winner canada will face Czechia, which defeated sweden earlier in the day in the final tonight so uh look Yeah, I'll say it, I was cheering for Canada, I I wanted a good game, we largely had a good game, but those two goals that were called back, I put it on Twitter, I said, these are local calls, they both were called for goaltender interference, challenged by Canadian coach Dennis Williams, and uh, by the rule book, it was goaltender interference, stop, with the review, the rule book, whatever you want to do, it still comes down to discretion, if somebody had come back and said, no, it wasn't goalie interference, would you have argued it? Probably not. These are huge gray area things. I think Canada got away with it. And uh, hey, I don't care. We're on the way to the final. But I see Ryan Whitney from Spit and Chicklets saying it was the most egregious calls in hockey history. You see our friend Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff, formerly TSN, saying I don't know which of the two goalie interference calls were worse. So the Americans are very upset they, that they lost the game. I simply say I don't blame them. I don't feel sorry for them, but I don't blame them. That's my take on what happened in the semi-final.
3: Yeah, I think the first one, I, I, I thought this was going to be a good goal, the first one. I for surely thought it was going to be a good goal. I was shocked when it was overturned. The second one, not so much. I mean, you can say the whistle should have gone, digging away at the pads, he had it covered, whatever. But there are fans that will say, well, we beat them by more than those two goals anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, it does because that first one made it three would have made it three three. That changes the way you play, and you know what? The, those Americans played well. They put over forty shots on goal, and, and credit to Milic, the goaltender out of Seattle. He played so good for Canada in that game, and uh, you know, we didn't talk about the other semi, but Czechia just got you know escaped that game with Sweden in overtime to kind of give us what you and I thought would be the dream gold matchup—a rematch of the uh, the opening game.
1: Uh, which I'm getting to, by the way. Uh, but we both called Canada, Cheshire final, and that's what's happening tonight. But you have to remember that the IIHF International Ice Hockey Federation rule book is different than what we all grew up with. It's different than what's in the NHL. It's different than the junior hockey. It's different than hockey Canada. And when I was broadcasting these World Juniors. I'll never forget in Edmonton, Sammy Cosentino was doing color with me. First game, Canada-Finland, Boxing Day, which is December 26th for our US friends that don't know. Ref blows his whistle and goes like this. I turn to Sammy, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I've never seen him signal like that before. You know, I probably should have uh, realized this and memorized the rule book. Which, by the way, Mike Johnson of TSN has. He's gone two, three, four, five levels up for me as my favorite hockey announcer and analyst. So, again, whatever the rule book is, I you know, what, what do we say in hockey? You can dig away and pitch forth the goalie until the whistle goes that's largely what we grew up with right the whistle hadn't gone they pushed him into the net you would think that would be a goal right in most
3: hockey is that what the americans are upset about i don't know yeah i would think so a little bit that you know what the whistle didn't go and now you're saying well the whistle was supposed to go or we thought it was going to go it was intended to be blown or whatever the situation was and i know it's a lot tighter in international hockey it really is and the rule book is what it is but just the eye test the eye test would tell you at least one of those probably should have went the americans way but hey uh dennis williams has the magic touch and somebody said that the video goal uh, goal video coach for canada should have been the game star after that one it was pretty good
1: uh, yeah, and by the way, Rand Peckvold, the head coach of the USA, never blamed officiating, never blamed those calls. After the game, he said Thomas Millich, who was the player of the game for Canada, uh, st- you know, stole it uh, for, for Canada. So he was very classy in the way that he handled it. But I'll just say one last thing about Ryan Whitney. When... Pardon me, two years ago when the USA won in the gold medal game, and let's, I don't have a problem with the spit and chiclets, guys. They're our friends, have been on this show. But when you're running around your living room with a USA flag, we are the champions, and you're rubbing it in Canada's face, what do you think's going to happen when you lose? Some days you're the windshield, some days you're the bug. You know, who's the band? Dire Straits. Sometimes you're the Louisville <laughs> Slugger, sometimes you're the ball. Right? So, if you're going to run around and act like a donkey, then you got to take it when it doesn't go your way. So, moving on to point two Canada goes for gold tonight against Cheshire in Halifax. I got so many things to get to about Halifax. Are you old enough, Darren, to remember Alex J. Walling, the TSN reporter out of Halifax? Do you remember him as the guy? Yeah. Uh, Whenever I see Halifax in my head, I hear Alex J. Walling saying it. He was the guy, I know, none of the U.S. viewers would know what I'm talking about, and only certain viewers of an age in Canada would know. Alex J. Walling would do like one report a year. If there was ever anything going on in Halifax, he was the guy. And he would stand there, right? Alex J. Walling, TSN, Halifax. Because it's, it's not always a lot going on in Halifax. But tonight there is the gold medal game between Cheshire and Canada, which our guy Robin from Prince Albert sent me the link to the ticket prices for the game tonight. I know you don't know because I teed you up on this and you hadn't seen the tweet yet. You were busy. So I'll ask you what do you think is the top end ticket price for the game tonight, Canada Cheshire?
3: 400. Secondary
1: market. Excuse me, what? $400? Hot take four hundred dollars? You think it's yeah. It's twenty-three thousand oh, dollars top end secondary no. market. My God. The cheapest ticket is eleven hundred. So if anybody wants to know how seriously we take the world junior hockey championship. There's an idea. Twenty-three thousand. This is Super Bowl prices for the World Junior Hockey Championship tonight, which you can watch six thirty Eastern on TSN. And uh, well, obviously Canada's going to win. The question is, by how much? Uh, Canada lost five-two to Cheshire in the opening game. That was their slump buster. That was that was batting practice for Canada. You don't see it
3: happening again, do you? I don't. I think that the checks are really good, though, and this will be a close game. I don't think it'll be 6-2 to two or 8-1. to one. I think it'll be really tight, but I do see Canada winning.
1: Mm-hmm. Our buddy Kevin, the medium watching, he says, I say, too bad, so sad, Canada playing for gold. Right, nobody cares for uh, how the Americans are feeling today. Again, I don't blame them, but I also don't feel sorry for them. Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, so what constitutes a crease violation then? I don't know. Well, you can't, like the first USA goal, get your butt in the goalie's face. You can't impede him from making the save. So you can't push the goalie right in across the goal line, and you can't also impede him from making the save. Uh, again, it's all gray area stuff. What are we sitting here kicking this around for? It's It was uh, Canada got away with one is the bottom line. That's what we're getting That's what we're getting to here. Uh, 902-518-3033, the number to text the studios. And we will move on. We'll come around to all this, but it's a big day. I was listening to NHL Radio today. Our buddy Scott Laughlin was talking about the game, obviously NHL Network, which is another thing. Serena was very upset. She had to shut off the NHL Network last night because she didn't like what the American announcers were saying. I don't even hear it. And if I don't like what they have to say, I will change the channel. (laughs) I I don't allow myself to get triggered by what I'm seeing in the media. Not anymore. Anyways, that's my next 50 years thing. Uh, point three, NHL leftovers from Wednesday night. Kirill Kaprizov scored twice in the Minnesota Wild, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-1 for their ninth win in 11 games. Vitek Vanacek made 32, uh, 32 saves in blank Detroit for 58 minutes as the Red Wings, sorry, the New Jersey Devils down the Red Wings 5-1. And John Gibson, Gibson's finest, stopped 35 shots for his 24th career shutout. Mason McTavish had a goal and a helper and the Anaheim Ducks defeated the Dallas Stars 2-0. So that's what happened on the ice. But I want to talk about, and we have a a DeMar Hamlin update coming up. We'll push that to the next segment. It's good news coming out of the DeMar Hamlin camp, and we'll get to that. But this is uh, the warm-up, and we're continuing to talk hockey. And I want to ask you this. Who should be NHL sellers? We teased that that's what we were going to be talking about uh, on the program today, aside from the World Juniors. And I've got out my score app. You see that they are finally announcing or advertising the only app you need. Have you seen those ads for the score app? Have you yeah, seen Yeah, I have. Yeah. The only app you need. I'm like, damn straight, brother. It is the only app I need for sports anyways, because I check the weather. Mm-hmm. Again, 50 plus, and I'm checking the weather every day. When I was a kid, I didn't care. My first 50 years, I didn't care about the weather. I'm not, <laughs> I've changed. <laughs> Um Where was I? Oh, sellers. The standings. Yeah, NHL. Because I'm looking at San Jose and like who's done? I'm tap dancing while I call up the standings here. I know. So in the playoffs today, as we sit here today, this hasn't really changed. I think these guys are going to make it. Eastern Division, Boston, Toronto, Tampa are all going to make the playoffs. Metropolitan Division, Carolina, New Jersey, New York Rangers. And here's who's out. Out of the picture, but not out of the running necessarily. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Florida's slept so far. They're eight points out of a playoff spot now. Philly Flyers, Montreal, Columbus. In the West, here's who's in today. Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota in the Central Pacific. Vegas, L.A., and Seattle. Wild card holders, Calgary and Edmonton. And who's out of the playoff picture as we sit here today? Colorado, if you can believe. St. Louis, Nashville, Vancouver. Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago. Now, we only got two minutes here, and I wanted to spend quite a bit of time on this today. And because we're a Western Canadian-based show, like, where do you draw that line? It's pretty even to me. If you go anybody below Nashville, your season's over, start planning for next year. That's Vancouver, Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago. Trade Eric Carlson now. The teams that are not in a playoff spot today but could be Colorado, St. Louis, and Nashville. I wouldn't be scrapping my season if they, if I was them. But the question I want to put to you and the viewers and listeners is: When do you wave the white flag? When do you? Because I've been in with teams for a very, very long time. You gotta, you gotta put them on the ground and taser them to say your season's over before they will wave the white flag. Ego and for a
3: variety of reasons, they just won't do it. But when should they? I know. I know, and it's getting close to that time. It, it definitely shouldn't happen until the yeah. calendar flips. And now the calendar's flipped, and you're going to get towards the trade deadline. And I think as you lead up to the trade deadline, you need to know. You can't wait till the trade deadline to make the decision. You can wait to make the moves. But I'm with you. Vancouver's kind of interesting to me. I look at any team right now that's 10 or more points out of the playoffs. If you're 10 points out today, you probably should be looking towards a higher draft pick than the playoffs. Vancouver would be in the mix to try and be in the conversation but they could go either way and in the east man i mean florida's right there in terms of the cutoff you know i think they've got to make a decision whether they're in whether they're out philly montreal columbus we know that they're out but i think florida's and vancouver are the two kind of swing teams right now in either conference I want the viewer's opinion on it, and we're getting a lot of them opinions on it. And thank you all
1: for chiming in on that. And also on the text line, 902 We'll continue the discussion when we come back. A DeMar Hamlin update, NFL Week 18 games. Uh, some randoms, Dubhub, Halifax is a potential NHL city. The Bedard Trade Talk. We got a lot to get to, so we'll be right back. It's the RP show, live daytime sports talk on Game Plus TV, YouTube TV, and WQEE Radio. Head
2: to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Hello, everybody. Yes, it is. It's episode nine eleven of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And we're going to get to the... Actually, we'll get to the poll question now while the camera is just on me. Gents, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, it is day... Two of the second round of our NHL Reverse Retro Jersey Poll. And that dirty dog, Darren DuPont, has put the San Jose Sharks up against the Minnesota Wild in round... I think it's round two now. All the jerseys are going to be nice. So yesterday it pains me to say the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Florida Panthers. The Panthers are out of the running. Oh, no. And folks, it wasn't, yeah, wasn't even really close. The Pittsburgh won, the boys tell me with over 70% of the vote. I don't know, Spicy. but that's why we have elections. That's why we have democracy. It upsets me, but I still like the LA Kings the most. So if, as long as they win, I'm good. Who's who's leading on this Clark? I haven't even looked. San Jose Minnesota. Oh, it's Minnie, right? Oh, my God. Over 80% are wrong. Voting for the Minnesota Wild. Come on, look at the California Golden Seals look. Ay. All right, let's bring in the moose. I'm, I'm upset, Darren. I'm <laughs> upset. My jerseys aren't winning. Listen, I know that I've always been a, a fish swimming upstream my whole life. That's not new. I'm used to that. But now we
3: have proof. Who would you vote for between Minnesota and San Jose? I'm with you on this one. I go with San Jose. Um, I think the Minnesota green is cool, but without the North Star logo, it's not the same. I like that San Jose jersey a lot. Actually, I'm am a fan. So um, yeah, it's a real retro jersey. So I that's where I'm voting. But I just checked Instagram too, and it's 80 some percent of the vote for. Or Minnesota so yeah. who are we to say I guess can't can't argue with it Ali's watching and Texarkana
1: she says me too I don't want the wild to win and it's not their fault but Minnesota owns the right to the old north or uh, Dallas owns the right to the old north star in and whatever as long as the LA Kings win I'll be fine but I'm starting to wonder if I even know that and by the way breaking news from God's team the Regina Pats throwing this out there the Regina Pats Will be co hosting a gold medal watch party tonight at the Brandt Center. Showing the 2023 IIHF World Junior Championship Final between Canada and Cheshire, Pat's captain Connor Bernard and defenseman Stanislav Svozel will be going toe to toe for World Junior Glory. Uh, Entry to the event is free with general admission seating. $5 $5 happy hour on food and beverage will be available all night long. Plus, the first 100 fans to show up will receive a free silver voucher to use any Pat's regular season game this season. Doors open at 5, face-off 5.30, SAS time. Bravo, Regina Pats, God's team. That's the kind of marketing that I'm here for, bringing people together. So, yes, anything on that before we move on?
3: I like it. I love it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for the game tonight. That would be a great place because they've got a massive screen in there. It would be a great place to watch the game.
1: Oh, yeah. <clears throat> With fellow Pats fans, God's team. It is the world's oldest junior hockey team and nobody has broadcast more games in that facility than this guy. Mike Horrigan, watching in Toronto. He says, I thought the USA got hosed on those two goals last night. Really swung the momentum in Canada's favor. Yeah, buddy. But you are about 22 minutes too late on that one. We covered it all. Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad america i don't no no i don't blame them but i don't feel bad for them okay okay damar hamlin update the buffalo bill's safety has shown what physicians treating him are calling quote remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours the bills announced that this morning three days after the player went into cardiac arrest and had to be resuscitated on the field the Bills said in a statement. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. Now, I'm not saying I'm right on this, but in this particular instance, I love the way it's all been handled in that the families made small statements. The team is the one that made the official statement that we've all been waiting for. I didn't like what I heard Tuesday morning about the ESPN reporter saying this is going to be our finest job of reporting, reporting on his status. I'm like, can we not let the Bills announce it, his family announcement? To be honest, a lot of this reminds me of the humble Broncos thing where there were reporters slithering in to the church for funeral services, slithering into the hospital, disguised, you know, in, in disguises. I'm not saying that's what's necessarily happening here, but do you know what I'm saying? I was just so happy to see yeah. that it was the Bills that made the announcement and that it was as positive as it could be.
3: Yeah, things are going the right way. Um, at least it appears that way. And that's what you want, you know, respect in this situation, you know, trust that when there's news to report from the team and from the family, it will be reported because we all want to know. That's the big thing. So, there's no need to push and try and be first because they've shown us that when there's information to be passed along, it gets passed along. And I love that it's coming out of the right channel.
1: Yeah. And that's it, just it was something to feel good about in a sad story. Jeff, the Stamps fan watching, says uh, he says, being in superior physical condition is probably helping Hamlin's recovery. I thought that too when I was reading the update today. He is in, he's young. Superior physical condition. That's all helping uh, just a story that we hope has a good ending uh, And you know furthermore if you read the whole statement what they say that he is neuro- neurologically I don't think they said fine, but improving um, it could be way worse And we just sit there and wait for updates and they're coming from the proper channels uh That's mostly what I wanted to get to today, the World Junior semis semis last night. The USA got screwed, but we don't care. If it was us, by the way, I'd be on the air screaming bloody murder today. You know that. I would be saying (laughs) what Ryan Whitney is saying from the USA side. But again, that's what makes this so bloody fun, doesn't it?
3: Oh, yeah. You know, we would. We would be complaining that it was the softest call in the history of hockey and they don't know what they're doing and they just wanted the USA to win. But, you know, because it's the U.S., they can be upset and we say, no, it's the rule book. The rules are the rules. Hey, got to follow the rules. And uh, we have some fun with it. But you're right. If the shoe was on the other foot, we would be uh, just as upset.
1: Well, and let's spend a little more time time on this from craze 32 writes in he says the double ihf rule book is designed to not have gray areas and judgment calls that we get here some calls aren't like here but most of their rules are for safety of players especially goalies thank you for that you understand that none of it will ever make sense i'll give you uh, an example i think you were there I don't want to say the guy's name, but he's a referee supervisor who was at the bottom of the stairs of the press box of a rink. I think you were standing there. And I was arguing a call about a player kicking the puck into the net, okay? And that guy's name doesn't matter. Let's say his initials are Brad Howard. And he goes, Rod, we changed the rule book this summer, you must not have noticed, to say that it doesn't matter if it's guided in, directed in, or kicked in. They all count because we want to take it out of the referee's hands. We don't want to have to make him make the decision, okay? So if it goes up a foot in any case, it counts. I said, you want to make decision make taking out of the official's hands, okay? So why did you go to hybrid icing? And the uh, linesman has to decide whether it's going to be icing or not based on the distance to the puck.
2: How about he stared at me.
1: And it wasn't Brad's fault. He was... You know, doing the best that he could. But that's why, in these cases, we could sit and have a whole show on officiating. Why hasn't somebody done that? Why isn't there an officiating podcast where a Don Koharski or a Kerry Fraser or a um, Mike Pereira has their own podcast? Maybe they do, but to sit and just explain stuff like this, because I get the sense that people don't ever get tired of talking about this kind of stuff.
3: They don't. They could talk about it all day long, around the clock, Um, wildly fascinating. I remember that rule when it came in, that you can now kick the puck in anywhere outside the crease. I think it's outside the crease. And the the rationale to me was if you can kick in a puck from the circles, then you deserve to score. Because that's hard to do. (laughs) This isn't soccer. (laughs) You know? You got skates on and a little disc. If you can kick it in from the hash marks, good for you. You deserve the goal. That's harder than shooting it with your stick. So, that I get, um, but yeah, it is—it's uh, crazy. And on the international rules thing, I think at the end of the day, I guess it's okay if you're erring on the side of stay out of the crease and don't make any contact. Then, then I get it—you know, protect those goaltenders. But, uh, but you're right; they were not the uh, not the uh, toughest calls last night. They were a little soft.
1: If you are new to the program, we talk in hour one about what went on last night in hour one. And then in hour two, we look ahead to tonight's games. And it's a pretty quiet night in sports. Three, six, nine, ten NHL games, the World Junior Gold Medal game. I don't even care about the bronze medal game. And really, that's about that. There's no there's no NFL game tonight. Um, no CFL news today, but we got a big football day Friday, by the way. So tune in then for that. If you came here for football, today is not your day. <laughs> Speak of the Devil, Arlen Bruce III, writes in and says, Hey, RP Show, happy 2023. My favorite number, do you think the Super Bowl will be moved back? Prayers up for DH number three. No, I don't. At all. From Kevin the Medium, he said, I was at a medical appointment this morning, and literally everyone was talking about the disallowed goals. See? That's why we're doing it here. And our next guest, by the way, Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff, we'll continue it with him. But I wanted NFL. We'll get into this next hour with you, Darren. Uh, biggest games, Tennessee, Jacksonville, for you, that would be it. Dolphins, Jets here, uh, win, and you're in for Miami with some help, and then Detroit at Green Bay, Packers win, they're in. But I want to – okay, hockey people texted me yesterday saying, the Pats aren't really not going to trade but right? And I'm like – they say they're not. I got to go with what they're saying. They say they're not. They just can't believe the Pats will not trade Connor Bedard and pass up on that opportunity. So we'll get to that next hour and this, I saw this on Twitter, Halifax as an NHL city. There's no way, I don't think, 350,000 people there, 750,000 in the region. There's, it's never been brought up ever. Halifax is an NHL city. I don't know if you saw that at all on social media, but I feel like people just got swept up in the moment. You did? It's like people got swept up in the moment of how great it is there. People losing their spit. But it's for the gold medal semifinal game, man. I don't know that you could, you can't. Why would we talk about it?
3: The NHL doesn't survive based on sold-out buildings in the playoffs. You need to sell 41 games during the regular season. You need to sell them all and consistency over a long period of time. Now, Saskatoon gets talked about, they don't have that population, right? And the surrounding area is not that big. I mean, if you look at the whole province, maybe. So more people in a smaller vicinity makes Halifax maybe a little more appealing than Saskatoon. So I guess the conversations happen, but yeah, I don't know that it's really all that viable, but who knows? So you see a lot of what we're talking
1: about here today We just hit it all the last two minutes. It'll continue when Moose joins us uh, later on in hour two. Steven Ellis from Daily Faceoff coming up. It is the RP Show, Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE Radio.
2: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. Yeah, man, what a great day. Uh, I think it is. Hockey is
1: the focus. Although I had a guy just send me a very interesting clip regarding Demar Hamlin and uh, the blood on the hands of NFL owners with regards to that situation. I'll talk about that next hour because it is a big hockey day. And Stephen Ellis joins us today from Daily Faceoff. Dude, last we talked, last I saw the whites of your eyes, you were talking about moving over to Daily Faceoff, and you did it, bro. Congratulations. How's it been?
4: It's been a blast. It's been it's been great, you know, great people working with and uh, it's a lot of the kind of the same same stuff I was doing with the hockey news, but just bringing it over summer different.
1: All right. Well, can, thanks for the time. And uh, obviously you've been enjoying these World Juniors just like we did in the summertime. Um, I, can we start with what everybody's talking about? The interference calls last night for USA. Do they have a right to be as upset as they are, do you think, in the 6-2 loss to Canada?
4: I watch a lot of international hockey, and both of those goals uh, we've seen in the past have been taken away. Um, So I believe they were 100% the right calls. yeah, the Americans do have a reason to be upset about it though you know they were both very close they were on kind of the line of whether or not the WHF would really penalize or I guess in this case take away goals for that but um, you know any any contact of goalies have always been called very harshly and you know the people will say like maybe that was too harsh but then you go back and the other argument is the NHL is way too lenient on goalie interference and nobody knows what's going on there so I think the fact that you know you just can't touch the goalie that's as simple as that and uh, you can maybe make the argument that uh, Jackson Blake was pushed on that first goal, but if, if th- that wasn't what caused the contact. That's what moved him a bit, but that isn't what caused the contact. It was him spinning around. So uh, I'd say both were the right calls, um, but I, I, I get it for the Americans. It, it was tough.
1: You, before I talk about the rest of the game, which we haven't talked about at all, because you watch so much international hockey, this seems different than – junior hockey in NHL whereby somebody in a booth is looking at the replay, making the call. It looked like last night the on-ice officials got the chance to look at the replays, but the on-ice officials made the calls. Is that always the deal?
4: I, I'm not totally sure if there's a third party involved. I know there are off-ice officials. I'm not sure how much they're involved, but the, the refs do get to make the decision, and they were talking about that on the broadcast yesterday where they once getting to see the review, it, it, it changed kind of how it was looked. The one thing that the WHF does that I really like is they will be just like pretty small penalties, but if there's any reason to think there might be something more, they'll automatically call a five-minute major for a player, and they'll use that as a chance to review to see if there was any head contact. And We've seen a couple times where it went from five minutes to just a regular two-minute, it. and I like that they do it but that does yeah it does seem to believe that it is just kind of the refs that are the making the decision there uh, and you know they're the ones that are very ingrained in the game uh, but everything's moving super quick so I like that they do get that uh, other opportunity to kind of take a look for themselves
1: so your thoughts on the game last night before we move on to the gold medal game tonight? There were a lot of people on both sides of the border nervous going in. I wasn't. It's a hockey game, and anytime Canada goes in, I'm confident because I know we're going to be the best team. I literally believe that. Um, but despite that, U.S. had a great start. Were you uh, nervous at all, or how did you feel that game
4: went? So I have a couple of witnesses but my prediction before the game was USA was going to score first but Canada was going to win the game 6-2. I nailed it. Um I should have put money on that one. That was that was a perfect prediction. That? But that's just because when you look at the Canadian team and obviously the whole story is Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard and as good as he is, they needed other players on the team to show up. If if the Americans Are a strong defensive team that when everything's working well very few teams can defend like the Americans and they did a really good job of making life miserable for Bedard last night but then Canada's depth started to show up Um, I thought that Canada had the advantage in goal Trey Augustine I'm a big fan of him for the Americans um, but that wasn't his best game Uh, and I think Thomas Milic is just riding high right now because for as good as Adam Gayon was in Slovakia I think Milic was just as good uh, just didn't face as many shots he also has a very good flair for the dramatic, as we've seen. Um, but uh, this is a Canadian team that I predicted to win the whole tournament, and I I predict them to beat the Americans because the Americans were kind of like what Canada is kind of almost involved to, or at least we're early in the tournament, where it felt like it was almost a one or two-line team. The Americans left off two of the best players in the OHL this year, uh, and Ty Voigt, and um, I'm trying to blank on the other one, but uh, they they went out there and really needed some extra scoring, and they haven't been able to get it. Yeah, they went out and beat Germany 11-1, to but the Germans made a goalie switch, their goalie wasn't any good, and every shot was going in. Uh, I think they needed something more for, for that, how tough of an opponent Canada was. They didn't have Canada did, and Canada won.
1: So, we go to the gold medal game tonight. Canada versus Cheshire. As we all know, the Czechs won 5-2 on uh, Boxing Day to open this tournament. And do you believe lightning will strike twice? What are your thoughts on the game tonight?
4: It's actually very rare. I don't have the specific number with me, but it's very rare for a team to win against the other team Uh, twice in the same tournament. So Canada-USA, we've seen it where whoever wins the round-robin game typically loses the championship game. I think Canada has just shown so many more positive signs since then. Um, Benjamin Gujo was not great in that game. The defense was terrible in that game, and they took a lot of bad penalties. If you get rid of that major penalty, I think it's a different story um, but ever since you know the american the canada's had a better statistical tournament the difference is the checks are just all four lines are rolling their goaltending's been good and they use the defense better than i think anyone to generate offense um, but i still think kind of just looking at this i have a hard time betting against canada they've had to face a bit more adversity but the checks you know against the Swedes really got shut down until the end of that game so I think that if Canada keeps their high flying game that's that'll be great but their defense needs to be better and the Czechs defense has been much better in this tournament so uh, Canada just needs to you know figure out how to play in their own zone it seems to be like that's their biggest weakness
1: not like there hasn't been hours of talk of Connor Bedard but None by you and me together. So you've watched him come through this whole Hockey Canada program. What kind of evolution have you seen from this young man from when you first laid eyes on him to today?
4: I remember the first time I saw footage of him playing, I think he was 12 or 13. And this was when he was first starting to really kind of show up on the scene. And you see him through all the levels. That U18 performance a couple of years ago, where it was him and Michikov, was unbelievable. Then you see what he goes out and does in Regina and just. Again, utter dominance. But this is the best hockey I've ever seen him play. This is the best of the best in his peer group. Everyone, for most people, most part, the teams are playing against a lot of high-end drafted prospects, and he continues to shine. And I think the one thing people will say is he got a lot of his points against Austria and Germany. Sure, but someone like to score that many goals in a game for as a team, someone's got to have a big performance like that. And there was no coincidence that it was Bedard each time, and Bedard continuously scoring big goals in big games. Uh, so, this is, I've talked to some scouts where I've asked them to describe them, and they actually have just run out of words to kind of describe his play. They'll mm-hmm. say the comparisons are a bit of McDavid, a bit of Kucherov, a bit of Patrick Kane, a bit of Matthews, a bit of Marner. Those are all superstars in the NHL. And, you know, every year you, you hear players that are maybe ranked a bit too high or, or hyped a little bit too much. But it's so easy to believe the hype in Conor Bernard.
1: You, uh, well said. We have a minute or less, but Robert and Prince Albert wants to know your take on Shane Wright's play in this tournament.
4: You know, Shane Wright's been, I think something that gets overlooked is how good defensively he is. And I think that he's been very valuable in there. You know. He put up a lot of points uh, growing up, and he put up 93 points in the OHL. I think the value in him there is being this reliable two-way centerman. And looking at some of the more advanced stats, and I'll give a shout-out to Elite Prospects. They've done a good job of tracking this stuff. Shane Wright's tournament, I think, has gone very underrated. I still think he needs to be better offensively. A lot of his points have been on the power play. But I think that just as an overall, maybe not as good of a tournament as I was hoping, but uh, solid enough where I feel he's still getting kind of over uh, overlooked at this point.
1: Stephen, always enjoy the chat, my man, always talking hockey. Enjoy the game tonight and all the best on the new year. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff. Viewer takeover and a sports update next. It's the RP Show, Daytime Sports Talk, live on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE Radio.
2: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson.
1: Live on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and WQEE, plus your favorite podcast platform, the Toronto Raptors fell 104-101 in overtime to the Milwaukee Bucks Wednesday night. The Raptors were down 21 points with under four minutes to go in the fourth. Scored 18 in the final 74 seconds. Capped by a Gary Trent Jr. three-pointer. to send it to OT. Yana sent it to Kempo. Led the Bucks with 30 points. In the dub, in the loops. Talk about major junior hockey slang there. Ben Hammerling scored the game-winning goal, 128 into overtime as the Everett Silvertips snapped a five-game skid, beating the Kamloops Blazers 3-2. In Lethbridge, Atlee Calvert had two goals and two assists as the Moose Jaw Warriors won their second in a row, beating the Hurricanes 5-3 in Prince Albert. Thomas Marinkovic had a goal and a helper as Calgary down PA 3-1. And Brett Heinland scored twice and added one assist as the Brandon Week Kings dominated Regina 6-2. Pat's announcing today they've got a gold medal watch game going on at the Brand Center tonight. Doors open at 5 to watch Canada and Connor Bedard take on Stans Fossil and Cheshire. To the 902 text line as promised, Ward in Winnipeg has sent in a screenshot proving the ticket's going for $23,000 on the top end for Canada, Cheshire, in the World Junior Final tonight in Halifax. Jason Ryder at Saskatoon watching Tex in. He says, Morning, Rod Peterson Show and Dupes. Go, Canada, go! My vote for the jersey would be the San Jose Sharks. He's watching on TV. Uh, You can go to Twitter, Jason, or YouTube and vote there. The Sharks need your help. They do, because over 80%, I guess, voting for the Minnesota Wild. Can't believe it. Uh, David in Winnipeg writes in. He says, uh, happy gold medal Thursday. Thanks for your unfiltered comments on the World Juniors and all the other sports you cover. No problem, brah. It's all I know. I do blame the officials for the controversy on the waved-off U.S. goals, especially the second one. Once the goalie has the puck covered, the whistle should have been blown. The refs waited too long to blow the whistle. Leaving uh, the pitchfork moved by the u.s. I don't blame the players U.S. should be proud of their efforts. Let's go get the gold Canada. That's David at Winnipeg I feel like this is gonna spill over into hour two, which incidentally, it's just gonna be me and Moose because Walker Bale Brett in Saskatoon Writing in he says who should the NHL sellers be? Blackhawks, Sharks, Blue Jackets, Ducks. See we can get into all of this next hour and it's just so much fun to talk about because with those teams you all mentioned yeah you why is patrick kane still in chicago or jonathan Taves, or anybody with an expiring contract it makes no sense that they're still there whereas in columbus johnny hockey signed a multi-year deal cole sillinger's on i'm sure he's got years left you know there's some some thought needs to be put into this and if you're the Anaheim Ducks, you're probably not doing anything but taking your lumps. Like, the season is over for Anaheim, but you're not moving any of those young guys out of there. So that's the point. Our, right, way back at the start, we said, who should the NHL sellers be? Just because your season's over doesn't mean you need to be selling off all your assets. Other teams are in different situations than everybody else. Chad Isaac in the Queen City, writes in. He says, "Damar Hamlin opened his eyes last night and is responsive. Truly incredible. One thing that's very clear from speaking to those close to him, they are endlessly appreciative of the medical care given to Hamlin on the field immediately then over the last 72 hours. So these are the topics. NHL, World Jays, Damar Hamlin. I'm fine with that. We can handle those. And we'll carry those... Last minute of play in hour one. We'll carry those over into hour two because I'm not yet done yet. Somebody sent me this clip from the Cleveland Sports Show, and it's very good. And the guy just ripped this you-know-what out of the NFL for portraying themselves as heroes in this DeMar Hamlin situation, doing the right thing and saving his life on the field. And he's saying that they're not the heroes. They're the villains in a lot of ways. We'll get into that. Should be fun and try not to offend too many people. So, yeah, 902 518 3033 is the text line, the number to write us. Of course, you can keep it moving on the chat line on YouTube. So, yeah, stick around. And uh, they still want to talk about where Bedard's going to go in the NHL next season. That never gets old. We'll be right back on Game Plus and WQEE.